Hello, and welcome to our new podcast mini-series that focuses on growth in the U.S. environmental markets. So far, we've discussed EPA's new NOx allowance program, and today we're going to talk about expected growth in state cap-and-trade programs. Also, over the next few weeks, we are going to be talking about uh, new state low-carbon fuel standard programs and provide an update on recent developments in the renewable energy certificate markets. Uh, This podcast is brought to you by Argus Media, which, as many of you know, is a leading independent provider of energy and commodity pricing information. My name is Michael Ball, and I'm the editor of Argus's environmental markets publication, Air Daily, and I'm based in Washington, D.C. And with me today is Julia Martinez, our carbon markets reporter based in Houston. Thanks, Mike. So let's go ahead and begin with Washington State. Um, in the final days of the this year's legislative session, lawmakers in the House and Senate came together to pass the Climate Commitment Act. Uh, Julie, why don't you just tell us a little bit about what this new program is going to look like? Sure. So the program is modeled after California's cap and trade program, and it's set to start in 2023. The Washington program caps CO2 emissions and allows for credit trading between reporting entities. The law applies to sources that emit more than 25,000 tons of greenhouse gases a year, and includes capping emissions from industrial facilities, power stations, natural gas suppliers, and fuel suppliers. There's also an opportunity for Washington to link to programs like the California Quebec market, known as the Western Climate Initiative. The Washington program also paves the way for creating an offset market that prioritizes in-state projects. Okay, so there was a flurry of news following the end of the legislative session in April. Uh, What were some of the hurdles to the passage of this bill? So throughout the session, there was some back and forth in committee as to whether the program should be linked to the passage of a separate transportation spending bill. As a last minute compromise, lawmakers tacked on a provision that said that the cap and trade program would only be implemented if that transportation bill passed by the end of next year, and only if it included a fuel tax of at least five cents per gallon. With that provision, Democrats were looking for a way to secure some funding for that transportation bill, but Republicans remained opposed to any fuel taxes. The bill passed after hours of debate over climate change, and a couple of weeks later, Governor Jay Inslee signed several climate bills, including the cap-and-trade one. This is where those headlines come in. He vetoed that gas tax, which of course angered lawmakers that worked to get that provision in there. And do you think we should expect any, uh, any challenges to that veto, or is Inslee signing it now a done deal? Oh, a challenge is definitely expected. Lawmakers, including Democrats who supported the bill, immediately came out and called the move unconstitutional and said that they would look to challenge the decision in court. This is not the first time Inslee has been in hot water over a veto. Back in 2019, he had vetoed some language in a transportation package. A county judge invalidated the vetoes last year, but the case is still tied up in the state Supreme Court. It remains unclear whether the court challenge for this recent veto will actually happen, but some folks in the legal space have said they definitely expect it to. But regardless of the legal issues, the Department of Ecology has already started preparing for rulemaking by hiring staff. They are expecting to begin work on the program in the summer, but there's no date in the books yet. Okay, thanks for that. That's definitely something that I think uh, everyone's going to want to keep an eye on. And and what can you tell us about uh, Washington's neighbor to the south? What's going on in Oregon these days? Well, Oregon is nearing the end of its cap-and-trade rulemaking meetings. Their program is called the Climate Protection Program, and it's expected to go into effect next year. The program would regulate CO2 emissions from natural gas utilities, non-natural gas fuel suppliers, and large stationary sources that emit greenhouse gases on-site, such as manufacturers and factories. Oregon took a different route than Washington, though. Governor Kate Brown last year signed an executive order directing her administration to establish a program to cap the state's greenhouse gas emissions. This was after proposals to create a program had stalled in the legislature. The Department of Environmental Quality has since initiated the rulemaking process, and a rule is supposed to be finalized by the end of the year. 
Their second to last rulemaking meeting was held on June 17th, and regulators provided more insight into what the program could look like. So far, the program includes a compliance instrument component called Community Climate Investments. Basically, a regulated entity would be able to invest in a local project that would help reduce greenhouse gas emissions like electric buses, for example. That investment would count as a credit that the regulated entity could then use to meet its compliance obligations. They're still working out the specifics, but it's an interesting component. There has been some discussion as to whether DEQ should cover emissions from power plants, and right now they're not included in the program. There are concerns about the agency's legal authority to regulate the electricity sector, particularly emissions from out-of-state generators. The final rule will make its way to the Environmental Quality Commission in November for review and then a vote in December. Okay, thanks. uh, That's very interesting. So let's flip to the opposite coast for for a couple of minutes. Um, What's what's the latest right now with the new cap-and-trade program that is uh, being developed there to cut emissions from cars and trucks? So in the Northeast, there's a cap-and-trade program in the works called the Transportation and Climate Initiative Program, or TCIP. That program could launch as early as next year and targets a 26% reduction in CO2 emissions by 2032. It aims to cut emissions from the use of gasoline and diesel fuel in the transportation sector and would cover owners of transportation fuel at large bulk terminals, companies that deliver fuel to filling stations, and terminal operators of large bulk fuel facilities. The TCI started out as a collaboration between 13 states and Washington, D.C. to talk about how they could reduce emissions, but last year, four members committed to implementing the actual program. Okay, and so who's in TCIP right now? Right now, it's Connecticut, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and D.C. Those folks signed onto a memorandum of understanding that said that they would join the TCIP and start reporting their emissions as early as next year and begin with compliance as early as 2023. But the agreement they signed says that the program can only begin if at least three jurisdictions have cleared the legal hurdle of implementing their own program. That's a problem because a proposal to join TCI did not pass the finish line in Connecticut recently. There was a measure in the legislature that would have allowed for it, but lawmakers decided the votes were not there to pass it in the final days of the session. Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont even threw the program into the budget, but eventually had to drop it during negotiations. There's still some optimism that the program will get pushed through somehow, but unless it's brought up again during a special session, Lamont's administration will just have to find another way. Since Connecticut has kind of shelved the program for now, that only leaves three TCIP members working on ways to launch the program in their own jurisdictions. We'll have to see what happens in Rhode Island, where a proposal to join TCI advanced out of a Senate committee and is scheduled to hit the floor for a vote on June 22nd. In Massachusetts, Governor Charlie Baker's administration recently said that they were prepping legislation to be introduced in the fall that would allow the state to join the program. The TCIP members also recently put out a final model rule for the program, which didn't change too much from the initial draft. It still requires at least 35% of all auction proceeds go toward frontline communities and opens the market for the use of offsets as compliance tools. Other states that are part of the TCI club are also looking at possibly joining. New York's Climate Action Council, which is advising the state on how to best meet its climate goals, recommended the state join TCIP as a way to do that. But we'll need to see if that turns into any viable plan in the future. All right. Thanks, Julie, for that rundown on the future carbon markets. But let's uh, let's talk a little bit now about what's going on with current cap and trade programs. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what's going on with, with Reggie? Sure. So the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative, or REGI for short, saw record-setting prices at the start of June after the second allowance auction of the year. 
Before the auction, allowances for December 2021 delivery were at $8 a short ton, and most recently prices hit $8.50. The program is facing a review this summer, and folks are waiting to see what will happen with the emissions cap and, of course, seeing if Pennsylvania will finally join. Pennsylvania lawmakers are continuing to put up a fight against Governor Tom Wolf. The governor has set out this plan to join Reggie without needing legislative approval, pushing the program through the appropriate environmental agencies instead. But Republicans and some Democrats have teamed up and said that they want legislative approval for any program that would work to limit greenhouse gas emissions from the power sector. The Reggie market would expand significantly if Pennsylvania joins, so it's all eyes on the state as it continues this back and forth between lawmakers and the governor. Another state pursuing Reggie entry is North Carolina, where air quality regulators recently advanced a petition to the full Environmental Management Commission that would trigger a rulemaking process if it's adopted. That process would develop a rule that would cap CO2 emissions from the power sector and allow the state to join Reggie. The EMC is set to meet on July 13th to decide on that proposal. Okay, great. And lastly, let's turn to the Golden State for a moment, where there have been record highs in the California cap and trade program. Um, what can we expect to see ahead for that for that program? So California regulators just launched an 18-month process to update the state's wide-ranging climate change strategy, which could lead to changes to that cap-and-trade program. The State Air Resources Board kicked off workshops, marking the start of its effort to update the climate scoping plan, which lays out how California will meet its greenhouse gas emission targets. The updated plan intends to assess how California is progressing toward its mandate to reduce emissions by 40% from 1990 levels by 2030 and put the state on a path toward carbon neutrality by 2045. As part of this, the ARB will review the performance of the cap and trade program, which is currently set to run through 2030 to support the 40% emissions reduction target. That will include a look at how the current oversupply of allowances may affect the ability of the state to meet its goals. So it's definitely something to keep an eye on for what the program will look like in the future. Great. Thanks, Julia. And if you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please be sure to tune in for the other episodes in this mini series, which will be coming out over the next few weeks. And for more information on Argus's emissions coverage, please visit ArgusMedia.com forward slash emissions forward slash air daily. Mm-hmm.